0: Good morning, church. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to First Timothy, chapter four. We'll be beginning the eleventh verse, eleven through sixteen. First Timothy, chapter four. The Word of God reads in verse 11, Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believer an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing you will save both yourself and your hearers. This morning, we get to listen to the conversation that the Apostle Paul is having with a young pastor named Timothy. This is one of those conversations that is fatherly. It is serious. It reminds me of uh, my teenage years on a, it'd be on a Friday night, you know, I got plans to kick it with the friends, mom and dad are on the couch watching TV, and you know, I go give mom and dad a kiss and a hug, and I say, we'll be seeing you later, and before I, I, I cross the threshold of the door, you know, my mom would say on many occasions, Jonathan, remember what your last name is, you're Galvan, you represent us. Make wise choices. This is the kind of situation that's happening here. Paul is going to give Timothy four exhortations, four challenges. These are words to a pastor, but they have extreme relevance on every believer. The lens that that we need to see these verses, 11 through 16, the lens we we find in verse 6, look at Look at 1 Timothy 4, 6. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. Timothy, I know that it's your desire to be a good servant of Christ Jesus. Here is what you must do, brother. The first exhortation that Paul gives Timothy, we see in verse 12. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. This first exhortation, Paul is telling Timothy, as a good servant of Christ Jesus, you must watch your example. Timothy might have been tempted to shrink back because of his age. He might have felt insecure to lead or instruct because of his age. Being a younger person, many would think he was around the age of 30. Paul's reminding Timothy spirituality or spiritual maturity is not demonstrated by age. It is demonstrated by godliness. Timothy, watch your speech, your your conduct, your love, your faith, purity. Culturally, there are times where maybe we don't expect much from our young people. You know, they're the ones that may be running amok. You know, drama. I know there's none here, of course. Um, But Paul's Paul's pushing back against that mentality. He's saying, just because you are young doesn't limit what you can do for the kingdom of God. You begin to, you can now begin to make an incredible impact. And it begins with your example. Don't be discouraged, Timothy, because of your age. This week, as I was thinking about young people who have made an incredible impact in the kingdom of God and it, were examples of godliness, I thought of my hero of the faith, Jim Elliot. Jim Elliot grew up in a Christian home. His biography says that his parents would read the Bible to to the children every night and praying that God would do something in their heart. Jim Elliot came to know the Lord when or confessed uh, to follow Christ at the age of seven. And at an early age... Jim Elliot became captivated with Christ. He fell in love with him. He wrote to his sister, who was 15 at the time. He was about 18. Listen to these words of this young man. He told his little sister, fix your eyes on the morning star. Live every day as if the son of man were at the door. Walk as if the next step would carry you across the threshold of heaven. What incredible words to be said by a young man. In his journal, he, he would write this prayer, and this, this is a prayer of my own. He, he said, Father, make me a crisis man. Bring those I contact to decision let me not be a milepost on a single road. Make me a fork that men must turn one way or another on facing Christ in me. What incredible passion this young man has. You know, at the end of the year when people are writing in their, uh, their yearbooks, you know, sign my yearbook. And Jamali being a pretty attractive young man, all the ladies wanted to sign his book. And uh, and he would write in the book, just Second Timothy two four. The girls like, oh my gosh, can't wait to read it. Which it says, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. <laughs> oh man, this guy, a young man, was radical about Christ. Man, people were so encouraged by Jim Elliot as a young man, they they wanted him to become a pastor and his heart was set on the unreached. And they would say, brother, you have such a gift to preach. Why don't you stir up the church in the United States? And he said, so what if the well-fed church in the homeland needs stirring? They have the scriptures, Moses and the prophets and a whole lot more. Their condemnation is written on their bank books and in the dust on their Bibles. At a young age, God used Jim Elliot in extraordinary ways. Jim Elliot went to Ecuador to take the gospel to the Alca Indians and was became a martyr there. He died about 63 years ago and yet the example of his life still has incredible impact today. May God has blessed First Irving with so many young people. Isn't that, aren't you thankful for that? And this is a great challenge for, for those who are young. Young people, don't let your age, and I speak to myself, to discourage you from what God is calling you to do. Sometimes I think maybe because we're young, we say, well, someone else older will do it. I think Paul is is pushing against that saying, you begin now. Strive for faithfulness and obedience now. Paul is is, is, is exhorting Timothy, brother, your life must match your message. He tells him, I love the NIV's version in verse 16, watch your life and doctrine closely. But T- Timothy, young pastor, it's not just about good doctrine. Your life must be an example. If somebody knew sound doctrine, it was Timothy. He grew up in the faith. His mother and grandmother were, had a sincere faith and instructed him. I mean, the brother was, in, was trained by, by the Apostle Paul. This guy knew his theology, and Paul is reminding him. Timothy, you can have incredible knowledge about the scriptures, about the Bible, and fail to practice the life it calls for. Sounds familiar. And James says, Do not merely listen to the words and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Paul reminds Timothy there is a danger for a pastor when he is only concerned over the lives of his congregation and fails to examine his own life and heart. The Puritan pastor, Richard Baxter, says that it is a palpable error of some ministers who study hard to preach exactly, yet study little or not at all to live exactly. Timothy, as a good servant of Christ Jesus, watch your example. Lead by example. One of of the greatest gifts that my father has given me as a son is growing up in his home. he, He was the same man at the dinner table as he was behind the pulpit. That was a blessing for me to see, or was it a different person? And church, it, it, it begs us to ask the question of ourselves. Is our life an example of godliness? To the fathers in the room, to the grandfathers, What do your children see of you? What do they see about your speech, your conduct, your love, your faith, your purity? This is a call for us. Is is there inconsistencies from what your children see when you're at church and what they see when you're at home on Saturday night or Friday night? This is not something that just is important for the pastor, but for every believer, our example. How is your example among the people of God? What is said about you from among the people of God is is our life an example to those outside of the church. I was so encouraged a couple weeks ago our, our students were in new england on a mission trip we were working with this organization and um one of the the leaders of that organization pulled one of our leaders from our church and they said we are we're so grateful for this group and they said these words there's something that's different about these kids that we don't see much around here. There's a sincerity there. And praise God for that. For that example. That's the first exhortation that Paul is reminding Timothy, do not let them look down on you but be watch your example. The second exhortation that Paul gives Timothy he is number two, as a good servant of Christ Jesus, you must devote yourself to the authority of God's word. As a good servant of Christ Jesus, you must devote yourself to the authority of God's word. Look what he says in verse 13. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. What is exactly happening in this? What is the, the the reading of Scripture? I want to give a few examples of this that we see in God's Word. In Luke 4, you have this incredible story. It's a Sabbath day, and Jesus goes to the synagogue. And in verse 17 of, of Luke 4, it says, And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, Jesus. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Here's what it said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Verse 20, he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to him, to them, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. That's not something that many pastors can say. This has been fulfilled today in your hearing. You see this pattern. People of God are gathered. God's word is read. Then God's word is explained. We see in another similar example in Nehemiah chapter 8. The priest Ezra in verse 5, it says, Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people. This is the people out in Israel that are gathered. For he was above all the people, and as he opened it, all the people stood. God's word is opened up, and, and what, do, what do the people do? They stand out of respect for the word of God. In reverence, verses 7 and 8, look what it says also, Yeshua, we got all these fun names, but let's go where it says the Levites, third line. The Levites helped the people to understand the law while the, book, the people remained in their places. They read from the book, from the law of God clearly, and they gave sense so that the people understood. Stood the reading. We see the pattern. God's people gather. The word of God is spoken. Then the word of God is explained. This is what Timothy is telling him. Timothy, godliness is not about age. It is about submission to God's word. Your authority is not in your age. It is in submission to the word. Timothy, the, the, the word... Young pastor, the word must be central in your life. You must submit your life to the authority of God's word. Saturate yourself in it. Not only for you, but the word must be central for the people that you lead. This is your message, Timothy. Devote yourself to it. When Every time the people of Ephesus gather, read the word, explain it to them, exhort them, teach them the word. He tells, uh, Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, and 18, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for, listen to this, teaching for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God or the people of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And listen to this charge that he gives them in Second Timothy 4. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Timothy, this is your message. The word is to be central among your people. But, but church, the problem is this. The, the word is not at the centerpiece in many churches. When we found out that our, little, our daughter Lydia was, was going to be born, we took a trip, a baby moon, some might call it, to the West Coast. And I grew up in kind of family that if we were out of town and it was Sunday, we were going to church. You know, my dad would, like, get the, the, the yellow pages. Kids, if y'all know what that is, Google it. Uh, but he, he would look, and he, we would we would go to church, even sometimes on Wednesdays. We're like, Dad, what are we doing? And he's like, let's go, mijo, you know, like we got to do this. That was was the kind of context that I grew up in. And so on our vacation, that kind of followed. I still have that today. And so I said, I was like, we got to go to church. So we found a church and um, it was a great service. And I'm Googling because one of my heroes in the faith is like, has a church nearby. And I tell my wife, I say, love, if we leave right now, we can catch this other church service that I would like to go to. And she you know, in her patient, she's like, okay, let's go. So we go, and I see what hero of the faith, and I was like, yeah, it was cool, and man, it was a sweet moment, and uh, and then I do some more Googling, and I realize there's another church in Los Angeles that we weren't too far from. I said, I was like, love, it's kind of a different church, a little kind of secret sensitive, but let's go check it out, and she's like, well, it's lunchtime. I'm like, can we do it? You know, and so she, she lets us go and we go to this third service for that day. So it's about like the one o'clock service. I'm like, we'll get a killer lunch after this. Look. So we go to this service and it's kind of a different type of church. Uh, you know, it's like smoke and light, and it's bumping, you know, like the, the music's hitting you in your chest kind of thing. And, and I was like, you know, you're can kidding. Anyways, so – no, it's, man, it's, it's happening. We get to this service and, and the people there, I'm looking around and the, it's filled. And I, there's, I could just get the sense there's a lot of hurting people in the room. And I'm like, man, praise God that this church is here in this area. And I was so excited for the word to be preached because I'm like, these people need to hear the message of the gospel. And so it happened to be that on the day we were there, the, the main famous pastor that has all these networks of churches was preaching that day. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. So we sit down. You know what? God's word was never spoken. And the word Christ was never proclaimed. Church, this is this is this is not a new thing. The God it, I remember the sermon being about, we want you to be positive people. We, you know what? That message will condemn people straight to hell if it is absent of the death and burial and resurrection of Christ. And so, church, we have to ask ourselves the question, as Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, the Word of God, devote yourself to the Word. The people of God, they need to sit under the teaching of the Word of God. This is a priority. And so the question for us is, church, what do you value when you go to church? What is a priority for you? Let's say the day comes that you move somewhere and you're going to look for church. I remember just a few months ago, a college kid came up to me and He was telling me, man, there's this church in Dallas, and I love it. And I asked him, I said, what do you love about that church? And he said, I love the way the music makes me feel. I I don't even know what that means. Like, I could go to Toyota Music Factory, hear an incredible concert, and the music can make me feel amazing and do nothing for my soul. The word of God must be central to us, brothers, sisters. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You think about the early church, Acts 2. says that they they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Church, what value does the word of God have in your life today? Do you value the word of God? Is it, is it, Daily shaping your life. Shining a light in areas where there is darkness. Reminding you of truth. Do we resist the authority of God's word? Paul's reminding Timothy as a good servant of Jesus Christ. To devote himself to the authority of God's word. The third exhortation that Paul gives Timothy is this. As a good servant of Christ Jesus, you must exercise your spiritual gift. Look at what he says in verse 14. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. It's possible that Timothy may have been tempted to neglect his spiritual gift. The ministry was hard. There was pressure from false teachers in Ephesus, and maybe he was showing signs of neglect. And Paul is reminding Timothy of his spiritual gift. See, here's the thing. Paul met Timothy in Acts 16. Listen to what Acts 16:1 says. Paul came also to Derby, and that's a fun name Derby and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. Paul takes Timothy under his wings, and they go and serve the churches together. And somewhere a lot of time, it becomes evidence of the sincere faith of Timothy. And Paul is reminding Timothy, Brother. Do you not remember when we laid hands on you? We, we affirmed the gift that God has given you to build up the church. This was an ordination that took place. Timothy, remember when these elders, we, we laid hands on you. We saw your gifting. Cultivate your gift. Do not neglect the gift that was given to you to build up the church. For Timothy it was preaching and teaching God's word. Paul tells him in 2 Timothy 1.6, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul, you may be, Timothy, you may be tempted to neglect your gift. Man, this was given to you by God. Use it for the building up of the people. See, church, this is good for us to think about. It, God has given every believer spiritual gifts. We read about it in passages like Romans 12 or 1 Corinthians 12. But I, I want us to look at 1 Peter 4. Listen to, listen to what 1 Peter 4 10 11 says. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The church, the question for you, you can't run away. Okay, guys, if you're a believer and you're here, you're trapped. All right. Every believer was given a spiritual gift for the edification of the church, for the building of the church. And the question for you is, have you identified your spiritual gift? When we were on a trip um, a couple weeks ago, was that two weeks ago, three weeks ago, to New England? We were talking about Barnabas. Remember Barnabas, an axe, son of encouragement? We're talking about being people of encourage. And uh, I asked the, our students, I said, can y'all take a moment and think of somebody in our church who you would say is an encourager? Would you say there's somebody in our church that has a gift of encouragement? And I had a couple of names in my mind. And all of a sudden, the kid said, Michelle Stanfield. I was like, yes. Has anybody ever been encouraged by Michelle Stanfield? Man, raise your hand. Yeah. She is a gift to our church. Uh, Man, I walk in her office. I'm like, you know, walking like this. I come out like, let's do this, you know. Man, she has encouraged me countless times. I think that's a spiritual gift of Michelle Stample. She's an encourager. I think our brother Kevin Byerly, right there in the back, I think is an encourager. There's been times we're in a pastor elder meeting and this brother just encourages us. And those are just a couple of examples of the gifts of God's people being used to build up the church. So have you identified, I'm seeing you up there up, up top, have you identified what gifts God has given you? And the question is, how are you using the God-given gift that God has given you to serve our church family? Are you, you know, there may be many, some of us here that maybe you you know God has gifted you in a particular way and maybe you've been neglecting that gift. And this is a powerful reminder for us. As Paul reminded Timothy, don't neglect it. Don't be selfish with it. Use it to build up the body. That you are in right now. Some of you may be here and you need help identifying it. You're like, man, I, I, this is the first time I've heard about spiritual gifts. And, and talk to somebody in the church, talk to one of the pastors. Help us encourage you. Last exhortation that Paul gives Timothy as a good servant of Christ Jesus, you must persevere. Look at what he says in verse 15. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. I I want you to look at that where it says in verse 15 so that all may see your progress. That's an interesting thing to be said. What is that implying? Something that still needs progress means it hasn't arrived. Paul, Timothy, don't don't go acting like you're God in any way. You are still a work in progress. Man, we we are not perfect. Aren't you thankful for that? But Timothy, be an example to the people. Let them see how God's grace is working in your life and maturing daily by his grace. I'm not where I want to be. We're striving by his grace to grow in Godliness. See, Paul is reminding Timothy to persevere, practice these things, immerse yourself. And here's why, because... Timothy, the implications of your labor are eternal. Look at what it says at the end of 16. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. But young pastor, Timothy, you, you are to be an anchor for these people to know the truth. Remain steadfast, persevere. This is, this is like the pep talk of pep talks where the coach grabs the athlete or the teacher grabs the student and saying remain stick with it persevere you are a fork in the road for these people you are a, supposed to be a beacon of truth to the church of Ephesus church, Timothy judgment is coming for the wicked all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but there is hope, and we just sang about it. The cross is spoken. It is finished. Christ paid the penalty for our sins, and whoever believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Timothy, do not waver in this. Remain steadfast. Persevere. Timothy, I know that there's going to be days where you're discouraged. And there's going to be days where you want to give up. There's going to be days where you're frustrated with your people. And there are going to be days when standing for truth is so difficult. Timothy knew the struggle of holding steadfast. And he's urging Timothy to persevere. See, along the way, we read in 2 Timothy 4 of a people like Demas. See, somewhere along the road of of Paul's ministry, a man by the name of Demas joined the ministry with him. And Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 4, verse 10, For Demas, in love with his present world, has deserted me. For whatever reason, Demas gave up. He did not hold steadfast to the work of ministry. He did not persevere. Paul Tripp wrote this book called Dangerous Calling, it's for pastoral ministry. And on the back of the book, there are people who are recommending the book. And of the five names that are on the book of people recommending it, three of these men are no longer in ministry. Tullian Chavijan had to leave his church because he had an affair with another woman. James McDonald, had to leave his church essentially because of power struggle and and sin there. Joshua Harris, who wrote I Kiss Dating Goodbye just this week, said that he's no longer a Christian. This is a, a powerful reminder, not just for a pastor, but for every believer to persevere in the Christian faith. I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. Maybe you're a season of discouragement. I mean, God's word is, is calling to us. Strive to be a good servant of Christ by the empowerment of the spirit of God. Persevere in these things. Let your life be an example of godliness. Be devoted to the authority of God's word. Use your gifts to building up the church. And you know what, praise God, Timothy did. See, Timothy became a martyr. And church history tells us that Timothy was clubbed to death as he was preaching the gospel to pagans. May a challenge for us, Christ is worthy of our obedience. Christ is worthy of every part of your life. A Call for us to persevere. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and how it challenges us, reminds us Lord, a, a call to be faithful followers of Christ. in Watching our example, in being devoted to the word and using our gifts to build up the people. Lord, would you help us, God? Lord, Lord, this isn't, we know this isn't just something that we can just muster up and do in our own strength. It's not us to work harder, to try harder, but rather, Lord, pleading with you to captivate our hearts, to be gracious, to give us strength, to persevere. Reminded of the words of Jude, now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling, to present us blameless before the Lord. To him be the honor, glory, and praise. We worship you, Lord. Church, let's stand together. Let's respond to God's word.